Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Set out to get the ark, and every six steps they would offer sacrifices and they would worship God as they were bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. And they didn't realize that there was a prescription for how you carry the presence of God. Amen. They didn't understand that there's a certain, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost already. There's a certain way God wants to be approached. Amen. And it's in His Word. And some people approach God however they feel like approaching God and think that God is just going to understand. I'm sorry, but in the scripture it tells us that use the reach up when the ark began to teeter on the cart that they had put it on. They weren't supposed to be carrying the ark of God on a new cart, but they decided that was a quicker way to carry it. It's supposed to be on 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 actual staves that was carried on the shoulders of the priest. The, the Aaronic priesthood was supposed to carry that presence of God and carry it by foot back to Jerusalem. But they thought, we'll do it quicker. We'll put it on a new cart. And unfortunately, there's so many people in our presence and in, and in our, our friends, our friends that I have, that think that they can do church a different way, that they can usher in God's presence a different way. And I'm telling you today that God has a message for us that he wants to reconcile us unto him, but he wants us to come to him the way he designed us to come to him. We have to realize that even if we're broken, that doesn't give us an excuse to come to God the way we want to. We have to walk through the blood. We have to come through the washing of the water. We have to come through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We have to come through speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. For the tongue is the most vile member of the body. And James tells us unless he touches it, it cannot be cleansed. And I want my whole member cleansed. I want my whole body cleansed. I want to be washed by the blood, renewed by the Spirit. I want to live for Him with every bit of my heart. I want every part of my body to be sanctified and to be saved. Amen. I want myself reconciled to God. And if he says, come this way, I'm going to walk toward him in a certain way. We have enough religions in our world of men thinking that's how they need to get to God. But God talked about relationship. And because we're human and broken in so many different areas, relationships can sometimes be so broken that we apply the brokenness of this earth and the brokenness of relationships that we've experienced to a God who never is broken broken, to a God who never is less, to a God who never diminishes in any way. No matter how much he's blessed your life, Ben, he is not less than what he was when you first met him. No matter how much glory flows out of God to heal somebody, he is not diminished in any way, though that glory flow from him. Today I stand in your presence, a man of God, exhausted from this week, and though I have given out and I have given out and I need a serious recovery nap right now but I can tell you under the power of the Holy Ghost in the presence of God when he flows to us and when he gives to us he is nothing the less than what he was when we first encountered him and God Almighty wants to reconcile us to him because he is well able to do it 
And the second he touches your life, he is no less God than the second you needed him. And so the woman with an issue of blood, we heard a couple weeks back, comes and touches the hem of his, t- his garment. I was going to say the Jewish name for it, but you might not know what that is. Comes and touches his garment. He said, I felt virtue flow out of me. Jesus said, I felt something go from me. Because whenever you have a deficit and you have a, you have a need for something to be reconciled, there has to be something greater to balance the reconciliation. It's a, it's a accounting term. You know what I'm talking about, Betty. When you have accounts payable and you have accounts receivable and you're trying to balance out an account as an accountant, in order for you to reconcile the differences you have to find where every expense was and where every amount of accounts receivable was so when we talk about reconciliation here in the scripture where it says God was incarnated in Jesus Christ to reconcile us to him what it's saying is he is well able to take care of our deficit he is well able through the power of the Holy Ghost to bless what is broken in our relationships he can do it unlike anything else when we have need he is not less than because he touches greater need in me he doesn't have to come to you and say like your AT&T carrier you get to be slowed down a little bit on your Wi-Fi connection because somebody else over here is using so much it's not like that with God it doesn't matter the depth of sin somebody has fallen into when they walk into a house of God and when they come to an altar God can be touching them at the the deepest levels of their broken while he's touching you at an exhausted moment. While he's touching you at just a little moment of disbelief. You've been walking good with God. You've been spending the whole week living for the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind. You've been walking around the house singing to Jesus Christ all week long. And guess what? You don't have a real deficit you feel when you come but no matter what it is, whether great or small, we still need reconciliation in our relationship with him. Am I getting too excited for you? I don't want you to fall asleep on me, but I want to tell you something that small things lead to big things. That's so simple, I know, but it's true. Small things lead to big things. And I'm so grateful that whenever I need him, I know he's well able to reconcile me. He's well able to fix what I have found broken. And sometimes I didn't even know it was broken. Ever been there? You didn't even know it was broken, but all of a sudden it comes to the surface. You're like, Jesus, I I found this. Would you help me with it? And he's like, I'll step in. I'll help you. Thanks for surrendering it. Because that's what he wants is faith and surrender. But The scripture says that he was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? And then it says that he has reconciled the world to himself and he has given us the word of reconciliation. You know what that means? That means that you can speak to your broken You can speak to your deficit. You can speak a word to your need in Jesus' name. He's given you the ministry and the power to talk back to that which is broken in your life. Whenever you get to a situation where you just feel like you can't go anymore, and sometimes maybe you've been there. Maybe you're living for God great, and maybe you have all kinds of of things that are pulling on your life, and you're going as hard as you can, 
and you know in your mind you can't keep going at this pace. You know somewhere something's going to break. You know somewhere something's going to break in that relationship. You know you just can't keep up doing what you're doing. You're being a Christian. You're smiling when you should, when they're against you, or when your boss is being crabby or angry or whatever. You're being a good Christian, but you know somewhere along the line your flesh is going to try to creep up and you're going to want to say something back. Anybody want to be real to me? And you need God's help in those moments. But in those moments where you feel your flesh trying to take over and you feel anger rising, which the original word for anger in Old English means to choke. It's not to choke them. It chokes you. Your emotions can get so riled up that it can choke the logic of being able to think straight right out of your life. And if you don't understand that, you need to speak a word of reconciliation right at that moment and say, God, this is above me. God, this is beyond me. This is greater than I can do. Something is about to break and I don't want to live broken. I don't want to live despairing. I don't want to live depressed. I don't want to live down and out, I'm going to speak a word of reconciliation into my situation. I speak myself out of this. I walk myself out by telling myself, you're going to get out. Jesus is going to help you. You're going to walk out of this. You don't have to worry. He's going to step in just in time. Oh, I do not understand all of the ways that we're able to speak into our life, but I know Jesus gave us the authority. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, and he gave us the word of reconciliation. When somebody has fallen off the, the, the wagon, when somebody is coming apart, you get on your knees and you start speaking at it. I need a church that knows how to pray right now. I need a church this week. I, I began to pray on Wednesday night. I couldn't go to bed. I just laid over the couch, and, and I have a guy that sleeps in the same room as me and that's on the crew with me that when we're installing in Dallas and he gets up and he goes to the bathroom a few times a night because he's an older gentleman and I'm just laying over the couch just weeping and snotting and crying and hollering out to Jesus. I wasn't hollering out to Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it on the inside. And he goes by and I'm like... <laughs> I felt conspicuous, but I don't care who sees me. Uh, there comes a point of desperation when you just get in a prayer of reconciliation and you know God's going to change it. Doesn't matter how much logic is there. Doesn't matter how many people present facts to you. There can be a miracle that can take place if we learn how to pray prayers of ministry and reconciliation. If we learn how to speak words of reconciliation. Amen. Jesus asked questions all through the New Testament. The New Testament isn't just a religious book that you read when you feel like you want to be religious. The New Testament is a book for how to live life. And we have to understand that when Jesus begins to talk to people and change their mindset, he often will ask them a question because the greater good from the question happens from you reasoning. How many people know that when someone tells you to do something, you probably are not going to do it? How many know that? Now, some of you are able to, to, to receive instruction. But a lot of times, if we don't think of it ourselves, 
we won't do it. So a lot of times the way that you deal with a a relationship that won't reconcile is to ask a question because the question brings up deeper thinking. And so that's what Jesus does. Jesus has no need of answers in the New Testament. He asks over 100 questions in the New Testament. But the question causes people to think. So if I'm ever talking to you on a phone as a pastor and I say, do you think that's a great idea for you to be doing? Is that, how do you feel about that? I don't need an answer to that. I know there's Bible to that. But I'm asking you to come to an understanding and come to a thought process where you start to think about this. One of the hardest questions Jesus asked in the New Testament is, will you be made well? Because so many people get attention from their broken. So many people have reasons to lift their hand. Well, pray for my husband. He's been a mess all week. (laughs) Pray for my wife. She needs the Holy Ghost. You know, there was one old preacher, and he had a minister come in that was an evangelist, and his wife had been praying for this lady to get the Holy Ghost, or this, this husband of this lady to get the Holy Ghost, and she'd been praying for him for 25 years. Lord... She'd come down, have her hand raised. I just need the whole church to pray for my husband. He hasn't received the Holy Spirit yet. And and so the evangelist comes. He calls for people to come down and receive the Holy Ghost. And so he, he gets up out of his chair. He gets moved by faith, comes down. The evangelist starts praying for him. And the evangelist has his wife with him. And his wife is down there praying with him. And he begins, this, this man begins to speak in tongues after 25 years. And God fills him with the Holy Spirit. And she's standing behind him going, She's mad because she has nothing to get attention with anymore. She liked him being broken. But now he's well. Now he's full of God's spirit. Now he's on his way to glory, to heaven. And she's mad (laughs) because she didn't want him to be well. And sometimes God asks us the same question. Will you be made well? Do you want to be whole? Or do you want the attention of staying? Do you want the ability to always use that as your crutch? Well, you know, I've got this. Well, you know, I never can keep a marriage because my mom had four failed marriages. Well, you know, I can never do this right because how many excuses do you need to not be what God wants you to be. How many times do we look at the deficit and we try to apply excuses instead of letting God reconcile us in Jesus? Amen? So I don't know if I'm doing more preaching than teaching here today, but I want to help you in Matthew 5 and 9. It talks about peacemakers. And and if you're going to reconcile any relationship, which reconciling is very important, um, I'm going to call it repairing because we all have, I think it's going to be safe here. How many have had a conflict in a relationship before? Yeah. How many know it's very hard to deal with that? Because you have a lot of emotions that rise in you while you're trying to address maybe a true offense. Maybe they've offended you by what they said. But a lot of times people don't even know they offended you. You could be mad at somebody for something they never even knew they did anything. So the scripture talks to us about being peacemakers. If you want to be a person who mends relationships, you have to learn how to be a peacemaker. But 
I want to show you the scripture that talks about it. It says, blessed, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. In other words, the scripture is saying, if you want to be known as a child of God, you have to be a peacemaker. They're linked together. If you're not a peacemaker, you cannot be called a child of God. It's that strong in the scripture. Have you ever seen that before? No, so what I'm saying here is peacemakers are not what people sometimes think. Peacemakers are not peace lovers. Love peace, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Peace, brother. <laughs> peace lovers are not peacemakers. The Bible does not say be peaceable people. That is not a peacemaker. Jesus was the prince of peace. But he didn't avoid conflict. He initiated conflict to get back to peace. That's what he tried to do. So you see Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, walking through the tabernacle, kicking over tables, and he's sending out the money changers. He's like, get out of here. This is not what the house of God is for. He's, being, he's causing conflict to bring peace back. And so peacemaking is not being afraid to address issues. Peacemaking is not being a mat to be walked over. Peacemaking is not appeasement, appeasing people who are not living right. Jesus didn't back down. He said, this is how it is. This is the way that you get to peace. So sometimes you have to deal with very difficult things in relationships in order to pursue peace in order to be a peacemaker. But someone said time heals all wounds. I don't know that I still believe that. Because if time heals all wounds, then why are there so many people still bitter after a long time? Jesus heals all wounds. Time cannot. Time will help some things. Time will help you let go of some things. But it doesn't heal. And the reason why I stand on that is because I believe that Jesus can heal more in five minutes than time can do in 40 years. So if we ever understand the reconciling power of Jesus Christ in our life, we will use that in relationships because we're not just called to be reconciled to him. And as powerful as that wasn't, as much as you wanted to clap when I was talking about the reconciliation of Jesus Christ, we should be just as anointed and just as excited about reconciliation of other relationships because Jesus gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What he did for us on the cross should be the same type of experience and the same type of mentality we have toward repentance pairing relationships with one another. Now, we are human, amen, and we have flaws, and we can get crabby, and we can, if we don't eat, we get, um, you know, a little bit crunchy, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to call what you did this morning before you got here, okay? Whatever that was, you call it what you want, but we're human beings, and so we fall down on this all the time, and so we can apologize for things we do wrong, and you should apologize, but I want to give you a few things that you have to do in order to keep a relationship strong, and that is number one, do not, uh, there's two things here. First, don't vent on social media. Hello, somebody. Lord, help us there. Because it's on a server somewhere forever, okay? Once it's out there, do not vent on social media. But really, the, 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 um, the category for this that I want to give you is vent vertically. 
vent to Jesus Christ. Vent to God. And don't spread it all over everybody else. Don't, don't go and find five people that agree with you on the way that they treated you wrong. And before you go to that person, go to Jesus. So vent vertically. Um, because most of the time, what we have for offenses and what we have for hurt relationship are unmet needs. We were expecting something from that person. They didn't fulfill that expectation. People are broken. Please don't expect that everybody's going to be able to fulfill your needs. Even in a relationship of a person that you love, they will not be able to fulfill all your needs because they're human as much as you are. There's no such thing as a compatible, a completely compatible marriage. There's no such thing as compatible people. There's some compatibility, but you're human. So there's going to be a point where you're selfish. There's going to be a point where you leave your socks on the floor and your wife gets upset. I'm not speaking from experience. It's going to be a time when you leave the toilet seat up and <laughs> they're like, I'm not a duck. Put this thing down. You know, there's going to be a time where you disappoint people because you're human. So make sure that you understand that whenever people disappoint you, come with it with an understanding that I'm going to minister reconciliation in this situation. I'm going to give grace. I'm going to give mercy. Even if they don't deserve it, even if they are intentionally doing it, just love on them. Jesus prayed for the people putting nails in his hands. Pray for people while they hurt you, and God will help you to win them. To help them. James 4 talks about it. You have not because you ask not, James 4 talks about. So ask God to help you to vent vertically to him. To take your problems to him and not spread them all over the place. Talk to God before talking to other persons. Give God a chance to work on the heart of another person. So what's interesting is sometimes we go right to that person and we share that they offended us. Before going to God, not only do you need to vent to God first, you need to talk to God before you go talk to the person that's offended you. Before you try to mend that relationship, give God some time to change your heart and change their heart by asking him. By going to, you have not, because you, ask him. Lord, would you help me minister reconciliation? Would you help me speak a word of reconciliation in this relationship? Okay, is this two nuts and bolts for you? Is this too practical? Okay, I don't want to put you to sleep or make you bored, but I want to get through this. So Matthew 5 talks about something very important that I want to hit for married couples. In the, oh, no, sorry. Um, I'm jumping ahead. So talk to God before you talk to people. Always take the initiative. That's another thing. Always take the, the, the Bible tells us if there's a brother that, or a sister that has an offense or if there's something that you need to take care of that is, is a relationship uh, some damage to a relationship that you should take the initiative where you're whether you're the one that offended or you're the one that has been offended you're supposed to take the initiative and go to that brother or that sister now we have to understand that there's always going to be problems in the church okay by act, the holy spirit fell out in acts 2 by out by acts 6 they're fighting over who's going to serve the widows okay so don't and, and by the time you get to Paul writing in Corinthians here, there's all kinds of mess going on in the church. I mean, people are people. You know what I'm saying? It just happens. So don't think that the church is, is just completely coming apart because there's conflict between some Christians in the church. Actually, the truth is the other way around. The world is 
coming apart. And the church is fighting to stay together. And that's what God wants. He wants us to fight for unity, fight for fellowship of the brethren, fight to restore relationship. Because every single week there's going to be some ministry of reconciliation that needs to take place in this house, in a relationship, no matter who it is. You come tired. You say the wrong thing, whether you want it to or not. Pastor's preaching. He says it a little bit the way that you don't quite like it. But guess what? Pastor didn't mean it that way. Pastor loves you, and he's just trying to help us all get to heaven. So let's just share some ministry of reconciliation, and let's love one another with godly love. So acting quickly is important. Pray first. Be the one that initiates repair and act quickly because time does not heal. Did I cover enough of that? 1 Peter 3.7 talks about married people having a relationship that has struggles and problems. And I want you to know that as important as worship is, I would hate to go to a church that doesn't take a break and worship God, that doesn't know how to get out of the program and let God move. I'd hate to go to a church like that. But the scripture tells us that even higher than our worship, as much value as we put on worship in this place every single week, that there's something even greater, and that's your relationship between you and your spouse, being reconciled in your relationship to them. The scripture says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not, what? God literally is talking about going and taking care of something that may keep your prayers from being hindered. That other verse that I was talking about in Matthew 5 Sarah, verse, I believe it's 24. I want you to pull that up because I want to reiterate what it's talking about when it says, go and repair or take care of something before you worship me. It says, leave therefore a gift. We're talking about worship, the gift there, the worship gift that you bring to God, your hands lifted, worshiping God. He says, leave that at the altar. That seems like neglect, doesn't it? We're worshiping God. We're having a great, God said, stop your worship. Go and repair then come back and worship me. God requires that we reconcile our relationships before we worship. That's how powerful he wants us to understand repairing relationships. So he says, and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. In other words, if you're worshiping and God quickens to your mind something, I'm okay with you leaving your seat, walking over and saying, hey, I just want to say I'm sorry for the way that I said that. I think I hurt your feelings. They're like, you know what? You did, but that's okay. I forgive you. You should be willing to forgive. And if it was like no big deal, it was like nothing, like you didn't even process it, but they felt like they might have, honor them for obeying the word and coming to you and taking care of it. Don't go, oh, it was no thing. Don't worry about it. Even if it wasn't that big of a deal to you, say thank you for coming and and taking care of it with me. Thank you for thinking of me that way. I'm okay. I really didn't think about it that way. But I want you to know I appreciate you because they are obeying the scripture by going to the person and taking care of it. Amen? Okay, so that's how you reconcile relationships. And you want to do that before 
bringing an offering. So whenever we sometimes come to church, my wife and I, we will have very heated and passionate communication at times. (laughs) We will have moments where we're both frustrated at something and we're both kind of talking on different channels, but we're trying to talk together and it just won't connect. And she gets frustrated. She's like, I'm saying something, but you're not hearing me. You know, and th- those things can happen. And so then we'll be talking to church and we'll get to church. And we're like, praise God, hallelujah. And we've been arguing on the way to church because we're trying to work something out because we know we have to work it out. And there's times where we'll be worshiping or, or I'll say, let's all take a break and greet one another. And you'll see me back there and I'll go, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure we're okay. And then we're like, okay, praise team, let's come and worship. I'm ready because I've taken care of something that I need to take care of as a man. Men, be, be good about this in your home. Whenever your wife, you might say, you know what? I don't have to go and take care. I don't have to be the one that steps out. They're the ones that hurt me. They need to come to me. You know what? It's not like that. As a man of God and as a man in your home and a priest of your home, you need to sacrifice for those that have sinned in your midst. You need to be the one that gives a sacrifice for those who have wronged. So as the priest of your home, the priests were often offering sacrifices and doing the work of reconciliation for people that they might not have even liked. They might have not have even been their flavor, but they were doing the office of reconciliation. They were offering gifts to God. And that's not even in my notes, so maybe I didn't say that so well, but the scripture talks about confessing your, your sins. So I want to give you a couple of things you need to do. Okay, so if you're taking notes, you'll want to write right now. If you're not taking notes, you'll want to write right now. So, <laughs> just kidding. The first way to reconcile a relationship is confess your part of the conflict. Don't go to people and apologize with the word you stuck in your po- If you use the word you, you're not apologizing. You're accusing them of something. Amen? I'm so sorry that you offended me and you really said the wrong thing and I wish you would be able to not do that and you really need to learn how to be nicer to people. You're just accusing people. And whenever you come offensively, when you say it with offense, the only response is defense, okay? So you have to understand that if you don't learn how to admit your side of the problem, if you don't come and say, look, I'm sorry for what I did. Please forgive me. Take response, be the bigger man, amen? Take responsibility for your side of it. And it's interesting how whenever you apologize for your part, there creates a reconciliation spirit in that relationship. And they go, you know what? Actually, it was me. I'm sorry. I was being crabby and I just, you know, I just wanted something more and you're taking too much time getting out the door and, you know, it's just, you know, I'm talking about people. So admit it. It helps. It will help you. How you also, just so you know, how you handle a problem. Okay, let me say it this way how you handle a conflict can create a bigger problem than the problem itself. This affects a lot of parent to child relationships. Um, I know dealing with my children that sometimes I can get um, where I'm like, Come on, man. (laughs) I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that, you know? Do you know what God thinks about, you know? And I can be upset. So a lot of times I'll have to take a moment and just simmer down and then come and address them. And my wife will be like, okay, 
That's too severe for that action for that problem, okay? You're creating a bigger problem than the actual problem. So you have to be careful not to overreact. Everyone say overreact. Overreact. Okay. Overrelax. That's one thing she wants to talk about. <laughs> That's okay. The second thing is focus on the problem, not the person. Focus on the problem, not the person. And that's part of that removing the you out of your apology and that people can get defensive. It's really important that you know that whenever you focus on a person, you'll never resolve the problem. You'll, you'll never get, and not even res resolution, but you'll never be restore the situation. You'll never reconcile as the scripture uses. The next thing is emphasize restoration and reconciliation, not resolution. If you have a list of things that you want resolved before you say, okay, we're good again, the relationship's repaired. Now, you know and I know that when someone does something in a relationship, the growth of that relationship stops at that point. And you have to come back and reconcile at that point. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if he leaves the towel on the floor after his shower every single morning or or you, you do things that really annoy your brother or your sister or you do things that um, really affect other people. There... They may never change. If you have a checklist of things people have to fulfill before you give them grace, we will put that checklist in your casket with you because you're never going to have resolution in some areas. It's never going to be resolved. We have to agree to disagree on some things, but you can, be, you can disagree without being disagreeable. You understand what I mean by that? You can have a good attitude without having to agree with everybody. So focus on restoration or reconciliation, as the scripture says, not resolution. Because as human beings, we all have different things we believe about different things. Now, I'm not talking about doctrinal and issue issues from the scripture that we have laid out as basic doctrine. I'm talking about just human-to-human -human things. Don't search for resolution, search for, reg emphasize restoration. And then I think probably the last thing I would say is pray for them. Pray for the person that's offended you. You know what? Jesus had compassion on the lost. And when you have compassion for somebody, it changes the way you see the situation. Try to put yourself in their shoes. Try to understand them. Now, sometimes when you have a, a situation where you need to restore a relationship, you're thinking only about the part that's been hurt in you. And while they're speaking, because you don't agree with what they're saying, you literally shut off what they're saying and you're thinking about what you want to say next about how it hurts you. So you're closing off restoration. Can't, it can't even ha you can't have a reconciliation in that situation because you're not allowing them to be wrong if they are wrong. You're not allowing them to be have a difference of opinion. There is so much you learn from somebody even if you don't agree with them. Let them say their side of the story even if it doesn't match up to the facts. Amen? So that while they're speaking, they feel heard. Because the only way you can create a reconciliation is if both of you are able to say the way that this came about for you, how it felt for you. Now, your feelings, Rob, are no different than my feelings. Your feelings are not more fact than my feelings are fact. In fact, feelings are never usually fact at all. Feelings are often very wrong. 
Because their feelings, feelings, you know that old song. There's nothing that can quantify feelings. They're just feelings. So when you have a bad feeling about something, or when you have a a bad feeling in a situation, their feelings are just as valid as your feelings are. So give them a chance to say their side of it. And that's how you create a reconciliation moment in a relationship. Amen? And so... Whenever you reconcile, you have to know that what Paul is saying here is if there is any Holy Ghost in you, literally, now we are ambassadors of Christ, and though, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made right righteousness of God in him. In other words, if you look in another translation, it actually talks about this passage, and there's a section in here that says, because the Holy Ghost is in you, reconcile with others. So what God did for us, he wants us to do for each other. That's what this passage talks about. So I want you to stand with me real quick, and I I want you to put in your mind, if there's any situation at work, if there's any situation, is there somebody that you need to pray for? Is there somebody that you need to sympathize with their feelings? Is there somebody that you need to focus on, uh, on on the problem and not on the person? I know there's somebody in here that has something that you've wanted to resolve for a long time. And you've been praying, God resolve it. And God's been trying to tell you the whole time, I want you to pray for restoration. I want you to pray for a reconciling, not for resolve. Let God resolve it. Amen. So would you bow your heads with me? I know this isn't something that is just going to move earth and shake the heavens. But I, I want you to know that this is more important right now. What you're doing right now as Tanya comes is more important than your worship. How heavy is what we're doing right now? Think about anybody that needs to be reconciled to you. Anybody where you have an offense right now, I know you're thinking of somebody. I know there's somebody in your mind. I want you to pray for them right now. Jesus, I ask you to touch. I ask you to mend between mother and son. I ask you to mend between father and daughter. I ask you to mend between husband and wife. I ask you to mend our relationship with you so that we know how to mend relationships with others. Jesus, would you help us today to do as you asked us in the scripture, to have a ministry of reconciliation. That's not just for preachers, that's for every one of us who minister love and minister care and minister a smile and minister a compassion. Every one of us ministers somewhere. You made us all ministers of reconciliation. You want us to reconcile. The world just throws relationships away. The world burns bridges on every side. We weren't meant to burn bridges. It, it shows that we love each other even more when we show our love for each other through reconciling. This we should have, love one to another. We must show our love in action. Love one to another, not just for another. Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Jesus, to show love in action. I pray in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know who it is or what it is that you need to repair, but I don't know that we need to go any further till you decide I'm going to go make it right with that person. I'm going to stand and I'm going to control my emotions and I'm going to sympathize with them. I'm going to let them say their say. I'm going to try to understand their side of it. I'm going to apologize for my part of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let that frustration continue. I'm sorry that I let that hindrance get between us. I'm sorry that I let this go this long and I haven't addressed it with you. I'm going to deal with my part, Jesus. And I pray, would you lift your hands toward heaven? I pray right now that you bring reconciliation over this congregation. Jesus, that you reconcile every relationship to you. And you reconcile every person. If there's anything I've done to offend anybody, forgive us, Lord. I don't know of anything, but Jesus, forgive us. Would you, today, would you forgive us, Lord? Would you reconcile us to yourself? I speak a word of reconciliation for every heart that's hurting right now, that knows they've done some things that they need to get right with God. I want you to come to this altar. If you need to kneel, you kneel. If you want to come and pray, you come and pray. But I want you to get right with God today. Don't go another day. We're too close to Him coming to not be right with God. If you need to reconcile, I'll speak a word of reconciliation over you. Lord God, mend and make new. Make the right actions right now. Would you heal? Would you set free? Would you release emotions? Would you let us vent vertically right now in the name of Jesus and not vent horizontally? Would you let us take it to you before we take it to that person? Would you help us right now, Jesus, to get right with you in this house? In the name of Jesus, if you need a touch of the Holy Spirit, if you've never been filled with God's Spirit, He can fill you right now. We can pray for you and God can touch you and mend you and reconcile you to Himself. Jesus, help us to reconcile our relationship with you so we can reconcile all others. Come on, let's pray. My sister, so take me by the hand. Together we work until he comes there's no foe that can defeat us